Hey there, travelers. I'm Isabella. I'm Riley. I'm Angelica. And this is True Crime International Layover. So where are you taking us today, Isabella? Wait, you guys aren't going to talk about layovers for 10 minutes this episode? <laughs> no, <laughs> not today. This is a super salad episode. <laughs> it wasn't 10 minutes. It was seven. Okay, chill. <laughs> <laughs> today we're stopping in Mongolia, which is a country that I personally find really fascinating. Uh, but it's also one that's really difficult to find cases for. I couldn't even find a serial killer from Mongolia. I typed in serial killer Mongolia and I got a bunch that were from Inner Mongolia, which is a part of China. And I'm like, that's not the same. <laughs> uh, so I guess I just don't really have serial killers save for uh, Genghis Khan. Which, <laughs> which like... <laughs> he he kind of was, man. Yeah. In my digging, though, I managed to find today's case, which is a story of how one of Mongolia's first democratically elected leaders was assassinated in his apartment. That's like, I feel like most assassinations happen in like a public space. Exactly. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. Hmm. His name was Sanja Sirenyan Zorig. And I will just be referring to him as Zorig from this point on because, damn, that name was hard to say. <laughs> Zorig, if you want to see how it's spelled, head over to our Instagram or our Facebook. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mad. And I am dyslexic, and it was just killer for me, honestly. <laughs> but Zorig is his first name. Like with other East Asian cultures, the surname goes first. Um, so I'm going to be calling him by his first name, Zorig, because I can say that. So he was born on April 20th, 1962 in Mongolia. Throughout his childhood, Mongolia was under the influence of the Soviets, and Zorig even went to a Russian-language school in the capital city of Ulaanbaatar. Just to be clear, though, Mongolia was never fully controlled by the Soviet Union, They, but the Soviets had a very strong influence in Mongolia. Basically, uh, the leaders of Mongolia throughout the Soviet era were Mongolian, but they were best buddies with the soviets mm -hmm. that's the best way i can describe it so zorig went to moscow state university from 1980 to 1985 where he studied philosophy and it was there that his resentment for the soviets and kind of communism in general grew uh, after he finished university he moved back to ulaanbaatar where he worked for a year as an instructor for the mongolian revolutionary youth league and then in 1988, he founded the New Generation, which was a group of young people who dissented from communism and advocated for a democracy in their country. Cool. All right. In 1990, Mongolia had a completely peaceful, democratic revolution that successfully overthrew the old government, separated themselves from Soviet control, and drafted a new democratic constitution. And Zorig was one of the leaders of that movement and became extremely popular with the public. I cannot emphasize this enough. They had a whole rev revolution where not a drop of blood was spilled. That's that's like historically incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. unheard of. 
There was one instance where Zorg was leading a protest in one of the main squares in the capital, and it looked like it was about to turn violent with uh, between the demonstrators and the soldiers because they were starting to scuffle. Things were getting heated. So Zorg grabbed a megaphone, uh, jumped on his friend's shoulders, that way everyone could see him, and then called for everyone to be calm and peaceful. And it actually worked. Like He calmed everyone down. Imagine if you could just tell everyone to be calm and they would be calm. (laughs) Yeah, that is incredible. Also, it's just super interesting to me, like, to look at, like, how someone gets into politics and, like, becomes who they are. Like, that's always super Mm -hmm. interesting to me because, like... Like the backstory. Yeah. So in June 1990, Zorg was elected to Mongolia's new parliament, and he had a very successful career in politics. However... In 1998, a political crisis erupted in Mongolia. In April of that year, the new prime minister, who I could not begin to pronounce his first or last name, but it's not important, (laughs) uh, he sold a private bank that was owned by Mongolian Democrats, and that really pissed them off. So they staged a walkout in parliament, which left the prime minister without a working majority and forced him to resign. So the country was left without a prime minister. So obviously this left the position open, and the different parties agreed that Zorig should be the candidate for the next prime minister. For our U.S. listeners, uh, electing a prime minister is different from electing a president. Mm -hmm. So when you have a parliamentary system, you elect your leaders to parliament, but then your leaders in parliament, whoever has the majority, they're the ones that choose who the prime minister is. It's not like in the U.S. we directly vote for our president. In a way, electoral college makes it whatever. But in in parliamentary system, what I said, the stupid electoral college. Yeah, there's like pros and cons to every. But yeah, yeah. In a parliamentary system, no one like you never get a ballot with the prime minister on it. You know. Yeah. Uh, But the party was ready to nominate him to be the the next prime minister. He was a very popular guy. Um, and they were going to announce his candidacy on October 5th, 1990. But sadly, that announcement never happened because on October 2nd, 1998, two assailants broke into Zorig's apartment, tied up his wife, and then waited for him to arrive. When he got home, they jumped him. They stabbed him a total of 16 times. Three of them uh, went straight into his heart. He died at the scene, obviously. And the assailants ran away and they stole they didn't take anything from the house except for a bottle of vinegar and a bottle of soy sauce but why maybe they were making dinner that day like what they're like that's literally so did you forget to go to the grocery store before going to a politician's house to to murder him like oh he's like oh maybe they're like oh shit my wife told me to get vinegar and soy sauce i'm just like I'm trying to think of, like, some sort of symbol that that could represent, but honestly, like, what? No. Maybe they just knew that they would need the vinegar to get the blood out of their clothes or something, so they're like, well, better not pay for it. <laughs> like, oh, and, and I'm out of soy sauce. I'll just I'm, take it. And I'm out of soy sauce, too. Uh, was Zorig's wife all right, though? Yeah, they didn't harm That's her. good. At least there's that. But honestly, she's probably, like, scarred for life. Yeah, she was traumatized. So Zorig's assassination was a huge shock to the nation. People mourned him. They had candlelight vigils in his honor all over the country. His body was even, uh, they laid his body in the government house before his burial. 
And to the people of Mongolia, Zorg's assassination is on par with the likes of JFK for us in the U.S. Like, it was a massive mm. deal. That makes um, sense. So who did it? We didn't know until 2016. And we actually still don't know, to be honest. So in a closed court case, three men whose full names are unavailable to the public were arrested, tried, and sentenced to 25 years each for the murder of Zorig. Three? Three. We don't know how they found these men. They don't know. We don't know what evidence was used against them in the trial. Uh, we don't know when they were arrested. We don't know anything about this case, about the trial. We, we, they, they released, I think, the surnames of the men, but that's it. Hmm. We don't know how they decided it was these three men. Like we have, we don't know. Have like a, a very different justice system in Mongolia, where like that uh, that information doesn't have to be public. Well, that's the thing. This doesn't seem to be common practice in Mongolia, at least not for oh, murder okay. trials, because the country's deputy prime minister criticized this decision to keep it all under lock and key. He was like, "This mm. is this is weird. Why would you do this? Like, this is the most high profile murder in yeah. modern history." Why would you hide it behind closed doors? It doesn't seem mm -hmm. to be common practice whatsoever. No. I guess um, the like only thing I could like see is that they didn't want to like give any glory to these people. Like they just didn't want to do that because. I mean, that makes sense with not releasing their full names, but why yeah, wouldn't you release any sort of evidence? We don't even know when they were arrested. Yeah. That's we don't yeah. know what evidence they have against these three men whatsoever. Um, found the vinegar and soy sauce. <laughs> <laughs> years later in 2016. <laughs> um, I know in the early days of the investigation, they did look at Zorig's wife since she was left alive. Um, hmm. But they, did, they never convicted her of anything because there was just no evidence against her whatsoever that's the thing is there's not a lot of details with this case which is amazing to me because this is their jfk assassination yeah i was yeah. Like, really expecting there to be more and people are not satisfied with these convictions and i don't blame them can you imagine yeah, i wouldn't either i'm not right now yeah. I'm not even <laughs> could you imagine after the jfk assassination like we don't no one's arrested for it for how many years 20 something years 26 years yeah it was 1990 math huh 26 years no one's arrested for it for 26 years they arrest three people and then don't tell you anything about it except for they did it and they're going to jail for 25 years each yeah that'd be so frustrating like, because like the fact that it's 25 years yeah. each mm -hmm. like the jfk situation is already frustrating because like there's still some like ends that weren't ever wrapped up with it but like to get this, to the there's worse oh i'm not i'm not but like this is like worse because you're given even less. Yeah. You can't even make any conspiracies because, no. like, <laughs> there's nothing to substantiate them with. Go ahead. Yeah. Well. So the deputy prime minister, he's not satisfied. There are many police officials who are not satisfied with this. And most importantly, Zorig's sister said that she did not believe justice had been done for her brother. But I don't. I, well, also, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't know if she had any access to the court proceedings. I don't. I don't know that that information like, is also why, not public. To me, why are they protecting these men? I I know, but that's my thing. Is like, are these people? I, are they? Did, did you say that they were men? Yeah, they're men. I mean, they would have to be. It's twenty five years. Oh, I mean, oh, you you're talking about gender. Yeah, it's men. Yeah, no. 
Yeah, they are men. Um, but to me, it just kind of Wait, screams. I'm sorry. What would she have been talking about? No, I thought she. I thought she was talking about age. But oh. I'm just dumb. <laughs> I was just like, okay. And I mean, to to me, this just screams cover up. Yeah, of some kind because we don't we don't have anything. But why would you keep the like most high profile like, murder in modern history? Yeah, like I but understand then if, it, if it was something that was like, like if if the person who did it was like a well known person or something. Obviously, they're not going to be seen in the public for twenty five years. So like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Very weird. I like, like it, it. it's one thing if there are like children involved, so you protect the identity of the young. But like these are all grown ass people. The, the the victim, the perpetrators, all grown ass people. When it happened in our and and our now, it's like yeah. I just it's very frustrating to me. I don't understand why you would keep it so concealed. Uh, but speaking of Zorg's sister, I want to mention her because she is the only silver lining in this. After so, her name is Uyan, and after her brother's death, she took over his seat in parliament. And she has been a super prominent and popular figure in Mongolian politics ever since. So ever since 19... Aww, that's nice. Oh my god, my math. I'm so stupid. He was killed in 1998, not 1990. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. For everyone listening, years. <laughs> Back it up, back it up. Math, we, like, y'all know, math is not, not our area. No, but Uyun, she's really cool. She was the Minister of Environment and Green Development, and she was also the Minister of Foreign Affairs for a while. Uh, and she also set up a foundation in her brother's name, and that seeks to spread the democratic ideals in Mongolia, which was Zorig's life mission. That's Aww. very nice. Yeah. There's a statue of Zorig outside of the parliament buildings where he, it's kind of, it's he's like walking, um, mm-hmm. like facing the parliament building because it's supposed to symbolize him going to work every day because that's what he loved. Aw, that's cute. Zorig likely would have become the next prime minister had he lived even just a few days longer. And it's, yeah. I really hate that we don't have a motivation for this. I have to assume it's political. But at the same time, I how did they, so how well. they able to get access to his apartment? I don't know if they had great security or anything. I don't know if he had many enemies. It was just I wonder a lot. if it was some of the people in his like that group that he started the democratic spreading democratic stuff mm-hmm. that he started in like 1998 or something or someone who was against that group i miss yeah or someone that who was against that group really likely for a while. yeah i have to believe it's politically motivated in some way oh, especially I so since too. there was political turmoil in the country in 1998 yeah. they had just gone through a revolution you know i mean yeah it, everything had because the revolution was peaceful, it wasn't super chaotic after, you know? Like, they didn't but have sure a political crisis for eight years. Were like, you know? They didn't have a political crisis until eight years after they had a new constitution. And it, it's not even, we can't even say that, you know, maybe Zorig, uh, like, people were upset that Zorig was going to be the new prime minister because it hadn't even been announced yet. Well, maybe they were, maybe they were angry because Zorig had in a, in a way kind of led this this revolution you know yeah I mean, he and was only the thing is that he it. was only one of a handful of leaders and he was the only one that was murdered well maybe they had inside intel that he was going to be the next prime minister yeah maybe 
Sounds like an inside job to me. Yeah. It, I, I would I would be very... I, I don't think I'd believe it if someone said it wasn't politically motivated. How could it not be? No. I would not be surprised at all. But for now, all we have are these three convictions that we know absolutely nothing about. And this is why it's a layover. I don't have any yeah. more information. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all for today, folks. <laughs> We took a, a little trip to Mongolia. I don't know if we'll ever go back because it's tough finding cases in Mongolia. If you have any, do send them to me because I'm fascinated yeah. by Mongolia. I'll absolutely do them, uh, especially if I could make it a full length one. But this one definitely could not be full length. Also, uh, um, hey, if you want to follow us on social media, it's at True Crime INTL on Instagram. We also have a Facebook group, just True Crime International. You can join that and come chat with us. If you would like to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we would be forever grateful because it helps boost the show. And lastly, we also have a Patreon, which you know because you're listening to this. Is this going on Patreon? I don't know. I was going to ask that. Well, let's this may or may not be Patreon. a Patreon. <laughs> This is now on Patreon. This is now on Patreon. <laughs> um, and uh, that's all. That's all I have today. So we got to get back on our flight. Yep. Well, uh, yep. that's all. We're, we got to run to the gate. <laughs> that's all for today, folks. Um, this has been True Crime International, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Bye. Bye. Follow us. Bye. 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 <laughs>